Hi, this is Pastor Mike from Compass in Monterey County. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast. I hope it encourages you and gives you confidence that Jesus is by your side and that his plans for you are to bless you. Well, I'd like to talk just a few minutes about do you have the anger gene? Imagine that you're driving down Highway 68 and it's pretty heavy traffic. It's nighttime. And you see in your rearview mirror this black Toyota weaving in and out of traffic coming on pretty fast. And that Toyota pulls up behind you and flashes its lights and then passes you on the right, weaves right in front of you, cuts in front of you, so you have to hit your brakes. And um, you start saying some pretty unnice things through the windshield at this Toyota. And then your 12-year-old says, Hey, he's got an Hawaiian shirt on. That's Pastor Mike. (laughs) So what do you do? Let's just take a little heart check here. Raise your hands. Do you say, bless you, Pastor Mike. God, please protect him. (laughs) Not one? This is a pretty unmerciful bunch. You keep yelling bad things at your pastor through the windshield. You speed up and make a citizen's arrest. (laughs) You decide your pastor has the bad driver gene. I don't know what you're all thinking out there, but it can't be good. I was surprised to learn that at the University of California, Irvine, researchers say there is actually a bad driver gene and that 30% of Americans have the bad driver gene. I cut that article out and put it in my glove department. If I get pulled over by a policeman, I'm gonna pull it out and say, I can't help it scientifically, I've got the bad driver gene. (laughs) What do you think, he's gonna give me a ticket? Give it to God, not me. (laughs) I came across an article this last week that had a title I could not resist. It, this is a true, the truth, true title. Take pride in your achievements, blame everything else on your genes. I had to read that article. And what it said, apparently you can find a researcher in some institution who will say your genes are to blame for all your issues and bad things you do. On the screens, I put a partial list of the things that you can blame your genes on. They say there's an adultery gene. Women, you should have your man check before you marry him whether or not he's got the adultery gene. They say there's an overspending gene, gets you into debt. That's Stanford University says that. They say there's a bad driving gene. There's a lazy gene. And that's why your kids won't help around the house. You got the lazy gene. There's a dislike broccoli gene. Who has that? I got that one. And then there's an, Duke University says there's an anger gene. Of course, this is very flimsy research, very disputed. But it sure would be convenient 
to blame all of our bad behavior on a gene, wouldn't it? Like, you know, a guy's unfaithful to his wife. He comes home and says, hey, I can't help it. I got the adultery gene. How many of you women are going to buy that? Nobody believes this stuff. If you say you have the anger gene, the problem with that is you're never going to fix what you say can't be fixed. If you say you're hopeless in terms of managing your emotions, then it is hopeless because you won't work on what you think has no hope. But I think life is too short to spend it hopeless, don't you? Life is too short. And yet I hear people say it all the time, I can't control my emotions. If I get angry, there's nothing I can do about it. It's obviously mythical thinking. I can prove it to you. This idea that I can't control my emotions. You come up to a stoplight, light's red, there's a car in front of you. The light turns green. You see the, the car doesn't move off and move through the green light. It sits there because the driver's talking to someone else in the front seat and doesn't notice it changed. And so what do you do? You start honking your horn, lean out the window and start yelling unnice things at the person to get them moving. Change the scene. You're sitting at a stoplight and in front of you are four hell's angels on their Harleys. They're talking among themselves. They don't notice the light changes to green. They just sit there talking. What do you do? Honk your horn and yell bad things at them? I don't think so. The Hell's Angels prove to us we have choices with our emotions. And they prove to us that often when we're dumping anger on a person, we've chosen our victim very carefully. <laughs> we are not hopeless. And we do have choices on how we can handle our anger. And this is where I want to say something I think is so very important for us as parents and grandparents. Don't teach your kids not to be angry. Teach your kids how to handle anger productively. Because we get angry, and the last thing you want to do is stuff it. So we don't teach them not to get angry. We teach them how to handle their anger productively. So how do kids learn how to handle anger? By watching us. They're taking notes all the time about how to handle anger from you and from their grandparents. The Bible does not teach, don't be angry. When Cain was angry, as I preached on a few weeks ago, God didn't come up to him and say, now Cain, don't be angry. He asked him, why are you angry? He wanted him to really understand the real reason, but he went on to say this, Cain, sin crouches at your door. And sure enough, because he didn't handle his anger, he ends up murdering his brother. That's called destructive anger. You see, that's the problem with anger. When we're angry, we're in a very dangerous position 
and we can become dangerous. Anger is where nice people do bad things if they don't handle their anger appropriately. Jekyll becomes Hyde. Nice people do unnice things. A monster can come out of what an otherwise nice person is another uh, nice person. Socrates famously said, there are three things that do not ever come back. An arrow shot, an opportunity missed, and angry words. True, isn't it? Angry words. Verbal wounds are much worse than physical wounds. Physical wounds, eventually time is going to heal. They're going to heal, but not verbal wounds. Verbal wounds are the, the most serious wounds because it's possible for years we can carry an open wound in our heart about words that a coach said years ago or an ex said or a father or mother when we were growing up and the wound is still open if somebody touches it. Surely you know what I mean. Anger is a dangerous emotion. So how do we keep our anger from becoming destructive? Well, first, when you feel yourself getting angry, shut your mouth. <laughs> if our emotions are not under control, I guarantee you, your words aren't going to be under control. If your emotions are not under control, I guarantee you, your words won't be. In other words, say less than you feel like saying. Just because you feel it, don't say it. Proverbs 10, verse 19 says, Be smart and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> That's a good verse to put on your husband's mirror, isn't it? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> These are great verses to put on our mirrors. Or like James 1, 19, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Most of us reverse that. When we're angry, we're quick to speak and slow to listen. And that's why we hurt each other. The temptation of anger is to let it all out. That's why I say, when you're angry, in an angry situation, someone has to choose to be the adult. Someone has to choose to be emotionally and spiritually the mature person as opposed to losing control of their emotions and their mouth like a child does. That's what a child does. It's so helpful to me to just remember in the midst as I feel the emotion coming, somebody's got to be the adult here. I ran across interesting statistics. Researchers have found that men speak on average 85 words per minute, except on Super Bowl Sunday, <laughs> when that number can quadruple. Women, on the other hand, speak on average 350 words a minute, with possible gusts up to 1,000 words per minute. <laughs> A lot of you look angry at me right now. I'm just reporting scientific statistics here. 
My point is, anger increases verbal output at the very time when we need to shut our mouth until we get control of our emotions and not damage with our words. I don't need to say everything I feel, especially when I'm angry. The other thing anger does is it also makes us deaf. Anyone been deaf lately? Paul Turnier is perhaps the wisest and greatest Christian psychologist in the last hundred years, and that's no exaggeration. And he wrote a little book before he died called Marriage Difficulties. It's a thin book. You can read it in an hour. It's just packed, packed with wisdom. Listen to what he writes. Listen to the conversations between couples. They are, for the most part, dialogues of the deaf. I would just expand that to committee meetings, to all kinds of meetings, to people at work. For the most part, they're dialogues of the deaf. Each one speaks primarily in order to set forth his own ideas, in order to justify himself, in order to accuse others. Exceedingly few exchanges of viewpoints make a real desire to understand the other person. Many people, this is to me just a totally devastating sentence. Many people live for years together without deep understanding of the other. Without even seeking it. Ah. Oh living together and never have really sought to understand the other person. Dialogues of the deaf, wanting to win an argument, wanting to get our way, wanting the other person to admit we are right and they are wrong. No listening. Dialogues of the deaf. Listening only to rebut the other. Instead of listening to understand what it's like to be in their shoes, to be in their situation, because that's what builds bridges, not winning. There's so little listening, isn't there, where we work and in our homes and in meetings. Let me give you my own simple definition of what listening graphically means. Listening means to drop your end of the rope. Just to drop your end of the rope. Because when you look at the exchanges that are conflict between persons, it's really a tug of war. Each person is trying to pull the other across the line to their viewpoint to what they want. And I pull and pull verbally on this rope to get you to agree to me, with me. It doesn't work. The best thing to do is to drop your end of the rope and listen to the other person. That's what listening is. 
Simply choose to drop your end of the rope and to listen because it builds bridges instead of becomes destructive. Secondly, choose to be gentle instead of using hot words. Do you know what I mean by hot words? Yeah, yeah, we know what that means. You know, that's demeaning words. That's destructive words. That's hurtful words. That's accusing words. In a famous experiment, Duke University put microphones with permission in different homes and in the dorms of the university. And for four weeks, they recorded how people talked to each other. And then they brought the people in and played selected portions of the recordings to them. And most people were stunned. They had no idea of the tone of voice they often used. And they had no memory of using the kinds of words they used that were really demeaning to people. Hot language. Insulting language. The conclusion of the experiment is most of us have no idea how we really talk to people. Now I know what you're thinking. I'm not naturally gentle. I don't have the gentle gene. Okay, then start practicing it. Because you can develop new habits. And if you practice being gentle instead of hot, you can become a gentle person. The sad thing is that many people believe ventilating is a good thing. You know what people say? I'm just honest. I tell it like it is. You know, honesty is a good thing, and I'm honest. I never hear that without knowing that they don't like people to be honest with them. Really, somebody comes up to you in the lobby today and says, can I be honest with you? You know what I'd say? No, not today. It hasn't been that good a week. Isn't that right? We don't want people to do that to us, so there's something wrong with that when we can't let others do what we're doing to them. Honesty, just saying what you think. I read about a man and woman who recently celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And while the wife was cutting the anniversary cake, she noticed that her husband's eyes were tearing up with emotion. She hugged him and she said to him, you know, honey, I never knew you were so sentimental over our marriage. And the man choking back his tears said, do you remember when your father caught us messing around in the barn that day? And he said to me, you better marry her or you're going to spend 50 years in prison. She said, yes, I remember, honey. Today I would have been a free man. <laughs> a lot of women are mad at me right now. I'm just making his point. <laughs> Don't always say what's on your mind. <laughs> study after study proves that people who ventilate say they're getting things off their chest. They don't. What they're doing is rehearsing it. They're making the case better. Every time they ventilate and rehearse the case, it drives it deeper. 
whether they're saying it to the person they're angry at or to a third party, they're making themselves angrier because they're practicing, rehearsing what offended them. Life, I think, is too short to spend it ventilating. Don't you? It's too short. There is no such thing as the anger gene. Take responsibility for we, how we handle our emotions, especially our mouth, from this day forward. Because I tell you, insanity, it's doing the same thing, expecting better results. That's insane. Pray with me. Lord, I pray that today you've spoken to us and that being here is going to be life-changing, make a difference. I pray for those of us who have conflict in our marriage or with someone else that we just do some of the things we've heard today because life is too short not to. Help us, Lord, help us. Amen. Wow, that message was packed with quotable insights for living, wasn't it? If you're blessed by these podcasts, why not share them with friends and spread the blessing? Christians today in America, like at no other time in memory, need the encouragement of these messages to stand up for Jesus. So share the blessing, and God bless you.